Pulp MX Network production. To this day, when I hear that song, I see you standing there on that lawn. Discount shades, store bought tank, flip flops, and cut off jeans. Somewhere between that. A new view from inside the truck. X racer to racer and eye to eye. A casual look into the personalities of the sport and an experienced perspective into the action from week to week. It's Jason Thomas's industry seating. Presented by Pirelli Tires, Guts Racing, Plum Creek Funding, Pro Glow Wash, Works Connection, Bass Foundry, TL Speed Shop, Grandstone Boots, and Fly Racing. Welcome to the Industry Seating Podcast. My name is Jason Thomas. It is March 21st. It is a Tuesday, and we're going to talk about what we saw in Detroit last weekend and a, and a little bit more. Maybe I'll throw in a little MXGP or some MotoGP preview. Won't get too crazy. Try to keep it a little bit short and sweet this week. Um, you know, Detroit was, first off, it was freezing cold. Uh, for those who weren't there, which is the majority of you, we had some weather come through. And then Saturday, man, the temperatures dropped, the wind picked up, and it was absolutely miserable outside. And the tunnel that you had, you know, the riders had to come through and, and basically anybody that was working the event had to come through was frozen. I mean, you know, we were negative wind chill. And then you had this tunnel that becomes just kind of a vacuum. And it was just terrible so i felt bad for the riders even if i stood there like during that aaron plessinger interview i I couldn't stop shivering because it was you know you're below zero on the windshield and it's just ripping through this tunnel uh so that's neither here nor there but it was definitely a big part of the weekend it's just how cold and it turned out to be obviously want to thank the sponsors of this podcast could not do this without them uh pirelli tires they have a uh, consumer rebate Uh, going on right now program and i'll I'll talk a little bit more about that later guts racing check out their e-bike seats and seat covers plum creek funding rates are a little tough right now but um i I do know people have been saving some money doing a a little bit you know refi here and there if you have a really high rate there's some some opportunities um you know these these rates are really volatile so if you act uh in the moment if you know honestly they're going up and down like a percent per week so there is opportunity there. And if you start doing the math over what 1% looks like over a 30-year loan, it's it's a ton of money. So just be mindful of that. And Plum Creek Funding can certainly help with those questions. Works Connection, use the promo code JT23 at checkout. Pro Glow Wash, Power Sports Wash, formulated specifically for what you are doing and why you're listening to this podcast. Fast Foundry, all of your large business, small business needs, uh, real life events, virtual events, whatever needs you may have, Fast Foundry can help. International Vet MX Series, they have an event coming up in less than two weeks now at Sandy Valley in uh, Nevada. And I've been there before. It's a really fun track. Uh, Should be an awesome event. You can go to oldtimersmx.com for more information there. And it'll be over the course of Saturday and Sunday. So not this coming weekend, which is Seattle, but it would be the off weekend for the Supercross Series. So April 1st and 2nd, I believe, are the dates there. Uh, So definitely check that out. TL Speed Shop, uh, Jason Cobb and the crew in Wickenburg, Arizona. You can uh, go take your, yeah, you can go corporate event. You could go for a family vacation, but they are, they have a bunch of side-by-sides that are all built up for desert runs. And you can go Baja, you can go to Sedona, 
um, you could, yeah, probably come up with your own idea for what you want to do there. So check out TL Speed Shop. Grant Stone Boots, I, I got my new sneakers this week. And um, yeah, wore those at Detroit, some some of their black sneakers. And you can go look at those on at grantstoneshoes.com. So thanks to Wyatt for uh, for shipping those directly to the race. And last but not least, fly racing. So the racing, what did we see? Well, the 250 class, I mean, Hunter steals the show. He wins again, really without a lot of fanfare. Um, he just kind of did his thing. And there's nothing that you can really complain about. You know, he's just doing what he's supposed to do. Now, is it a little boring? Yeah, I, I would prefer I would prefer not to be this way, um, you know, for storylines and, and intrigue and suspense and all that. But that's what Hunter's paid to do is go win the race. And that's what he's doing. Uh, you know, the, the real story around the weekend seemed to be this Hayden and Jordan thing, which we'll get into. But for Nate Thrasher and, and Hunter, they're just going one, two. And I think Nate's probably a little frustrated that he hasn't been able to get up there and put more pressure on Hunter in the main events. You know, he beat him straight up in the heat, but when it counts and when the points were paid out, Hunter got the job done again. So kudos to Hunter. He has been uh, just absolutely rock solid and he just, he just keeps coming. You know, he's, He's got wins, a ton of wins and more podiums than his brother now. And uh, his stats are looking more and more impressive as we go. So kudos to him. The improvements he's made over the last couple of years are, are nothing short of a phenomenal. So great job to him and his team. So let's just jump right into this Jordan and Hayden thing. There's no reason to delay it. Uh, you know, we talked about it on a few shows now. I've written about it. And for those of you who haven't really paid attention to any of those shows, or maybe this is the first time you've heard me discuss it, my thoughts are kind of this. Um, you know, for one, it's a heat race. And the goal of a heat race is, A, first and foremost, to qualify for the main event. Secondarily to that, you want to get the best gate pick possible to put yourself in the best position for the main event start. That's the second priority. Third would be, if there's a win on the table, if you have an opportunity to win or get yourself on television for your sponsors, that's important also, but I would put it third in the list of priorities. And, and your decision-making should be based around that pecking order of priorities. And when you have a situation where Hayden is going for, for the lack of a better word, going for the kill in some of these corners, to me, the priorities are way out of whack there. And it's, Part of it's inexperience. Part of it is immaturity, both on age and racecraft. Um, and those, I, I'm not trying to crucify him for those things. It's just what I see and, and my opinion of it. So basically, this is how it went down, right? Jordan's coming up on Hayden. He goes to the left side in the whoops and is trying to make just a legitimate pass in the whoops. And I think he had it close to being covered. But to Hayden's credit, he took a really nice and aggressive angle in that corner after and was going to take Jordan's line away. Well, he got, I think, more aggressive than he probably needed to there. I think Jordan knew that the outside was kind of covered and he couldn't do much, but Hayden went in and made contact anyway, kind of got out of kilter on his own. And then they were racing towards the next bowl burn, right? Because it crosses over the start a few times. Well, as they're heading there, they're both sizing each other up. Like who has the angle? Is Jordan going to go outside? Is Hayden going to take me to the berm? Like all those things are happening in a split second, but they're sizing each other up. 
when they get to the bull berm, Hayden slows down to try to pin Jordan. And then it's this cat and mouse thing. Well, finally, Jordan guns it and Hayden like shoots at him, like lunges for another block pass. And I'm just like, in the moment, I'm like, oh man, like guys, calm down, like relax. This is just a heat race. And you guys are one, two, and, and you're on the same damn team. So then they go down the next straightaway, same thing, racing, and you don't know who's going to beat who. It's this cat and mouse thing. And then Hayden gets even more aggressive and hits him even harder in that corner. Jordan's lucky he didn't go down there. So now I'm just like, oh my God, what are, what are we doing? Like, uh, you know, I literally had my hands on my head, like going, oh my God, what is happening here? Then the final, you know, <laughs> the final scene Jordan finally loses his temper, in my opinion. Hayden leans hard right to try to block him again, which is still like, you're still like, Hayden, what are you doing? But Jordan, to his discredit and to put some of the blame on Jordan, finally was like, I think he just, like I said, lost his temper. I was like, okay, screw this. I'm going to go in and blast him. Well, he doesn't really have the angle, right? He ends up high siding over Jordan's, or excuse me, Hayden's back wheel and ends up going down. Wasn't a big crash. You know, it's just a tip over, uh, but that was the, that's where everything started going wrong for Jordan throughout the night. But gosh, man, you just look back the first one where he blocks Jordan. I'm like, eh, probably not the, it's fine. It's racing. Like, but yeah, go easy. It's your teammate. The second one, I'm like, whoa, dude, like, whoa, back it down. Like you're, you're pushing the envelope now. Now you're taking a chance of knocking your both out of this race or not winning this heat race. The third one in the left-hand bulbarm, I'm just like, okay, I'm done. Like, now you're way out of line. Like, you are so far past what's acceptable in this moment and appropriate moves for this heat race. And then the fourth one is just blow off top, right? You're just like, oh, okay, well, yep, this is – we're just going to go completely off the rails here. Um, but I think they're both – they both have some to blame. I would put the majority of it on Hayden. Uh, there was no need to be that aggressive in that moment especially with your teammate. You just can't do it. You cannot be that aggressive right there with your teammate. Um, and, and that's fine if if Brian wanted to argue that point with me as his dad. That's okay. Like, I, I'm not trying to throw stones or anything. It's just my opinion. And I think one day when Hayden is older, he'll look back at, look back at that whole ordeal and say, yeah, probably could have gone about that a different way. And then you go into the press conference, and he kind of doubles down on it. He – says I I wasn't paying attention. Like I think he didn't really know what to say, but he didn't want to admit any wrongdoing. That certainly you were paying attention. Like that that's just a ridiculous answer in that and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to come down on him, but that answer is not acceptable. Like I wasn't paying attention is just silly as an answer. And then they bring up the points and Hayden says, well, he's fifth in points. So he's not even a factor. Well, he was ahead of you in points going into the night at that point in the heat race, he's ahead of you in points. So let's be careful about misportraying the situation because yeah, if you want to look at the points after the race, it's totally different. Guess what? He didn't qualify because of all this drama. So uh, not only because of this drama, but a big part of it, right? He, he's going to qualify in the heat race easily if this all doesn't go down the way it did. So I don't know. I just had I had a lot of reservation with several things that went down on and off the track, and um, I just don't think it was handled very well in any at any way possible. Um, is it up to me? No. Do they care what I think? Probably not, and they shouldn't. Like it's just one man's opinion. 
but I've been around this sport a long time, as has Brian. That's just not how I think he'll be best served. Hayden Deegan is going to be a star in this sport, probably for a very long time. And I don't think your your career and your brand, you know, air quotes around brand integrity are best served by things that went down on Saturday night. Now, I could be wrong. Matt, Brian did a great job of, of marketing himself, this metal militia thing. He's always been out in front of everything in his career. So maybe I'm just wrong, but it's just not how I would have how I would have gone about it. Um, but I will say that Jordan needs to be smarter there. If you get into a situation where you realize your counterpart has just completely lost it, like they're just, there's no bringing it back, right? He, Hayden had already committed, like Hayden's willing to go down here. I think if you're Jordan, you just have to disengage. And that's really difficult because you have adrenaline and emotion and all these things that you're fighting that are telling you to, to go get him, like take him out, hit him. Like, who is he to do this to you? You know, all those things are going through your head in a split second and you have to make decisions in a split second. But I think in hindsight, Jordan should have disengaged, backed off and said, okay, if I have an opportunity to make a clean pass, I'm gonna do it. Otherwise, I'm not gonna fool around with this guy. Like this is not the, this is not the main event. This is not where the championships decided. This is not where our bonus is. Other than, oh yeah, there is a heat race bonus typically, but it's pretty small. But this isn't the goal. The heat race is not the goal. So don't let, Hayden Deegan at 17 years old, draw you in to something that really doesn't matter. Like, don't let him trap you here. And unfortunately, Jordan, he got trapped. He he fell into, you know, fell for the bait that that Hayden was unintentionally. And I and I want to stress that unintentionally, kind of putting out there. Like he wasn't Hayden wasn't trying to draw Jordan into some sort of takeout fest, like the end of a championship or something. He was just being a kid. And you know, like you're not going to pass me. I'm better than you, dude. I think he was trying to establish himself on the team as like the guy, you know, too. Um, but there's just a lot of, a lot of dynamics there that many are self-serving and none really accomplish a whole lot. If that makes sense, big picture that, you know, all of that machismo type stuff means nothing. It really doesn't mean anything. Um, I've had guys that are, you know, I've raced with guys that are super cocky and I've had race with guys that are super humble and then the results Eh, it doesn't really matter. You're either really good at racing your dirt bike or you're not. So that's just, that's kind of my take on it. And hopefully both of them learned from it and will be better moving forward. So let's jump into the power rankings, uh, 450 class. This is what we do. It's getting interesting. Um, you know, for this power rankings thing, I, I try to incorporate last year, this year trends. Uh, are they doing better or worse than previous weeks? And then put punch those, that data into my brain and spit out a number. So without further ado, number 10, um, I have Justin Hill. And I don't know if this is his first appearance in here. I think he's definitely been in the honorable mentions category. But I have him at 10, and I think he deserves it. If you look at his progression over the course of this series, I mean, it's it's worthy of making inside the top 10. And number nine is Adam Cinturillo. And AC's been okay, right? Like last week was really good in Indy. Gets a sixth, best race of the year for him. Um, I think it was a pretty big weight off his shoulders to kind of see some progress, even coming off an injury, right? He didn't race or really ride for a couple weeks before that, and then he gets the sixth. Well, this weekend wasn't that. It was still pretty good, though. Um, you know, he leads early. You know, the whoops were clearly something he wanted nothing to do with. He was jumping through them on lap one where everybody kind of like you have to blitz basically early if you're at the front 
Um, and he just looked like he wasn't comfortable with that. And he got shuffled back pretty quickly there. Uh, that's to be expected if you're going to jump the whoops. I, I know firsthand if you get a good start and you jump the whoops against guys like Tomac and even Webb, you know, Sexton, Plessinger, the way he was riding. Yeah, you're going to get pushed back pretty quickly. So uh, nothing surprising there. But still, AC, just stay out there, man. Just keep putting in the laps. Keep getting good starts. Keep qualifying well. And uh, I think the rest will take care of itself. Number eight, Christian Craig and best race of the year for him and just quietly getting a little better. And uh, somebody asked me like, hey, what'd you think of Craig this weekend? And I was like, uh, honestly, I didn't see him. <laughs> I really, he, he's been kind of invisible to me and I don't mean that in a bad way. I just haven't seen him, you know, he hasn't been at the front. His starts haven't really been that good. So he's just kind of in the pack there and I look at the results each week and I'm like, oh, it's a little better. It's a little better, but he just hasn't had that breakout ride or anything that really stood out quite yet. So we'll see if he can kind of weave a mark here before we get too late into the series. Number seven is uh, huh, AP, uh, Aaron Plessinger. And I don't know where that ride came from. That was unbelievable up until it wasn't. And man, he was going so fast. I don't think I've ever seen him ride like that. Uh, I mean, he was checking out on those guys. And, yeah, you could say Sexton closed the gap down. It's fair. But you also have to wonder, was AP backing it off a little bit and, you know, trying to manage the race? There's always that argument of, well, AP built out this huge lead. He's not going to just keep riding on the edge once he has the lead secured. Uh, but it was just a phenomenal effort from AP, and you hate to see him crash like that. I mean, I think everybody, even if you're not an AP fan, you felt for him in that moment. And you could see the emotion. You could hear the emotion. And it was such an honor for me to be able to interview him there. And I was nervous about asking him. I, I really was. But once he was committed to it and, you know, his heart was in it, it was just – it was a great moment for the sport. It, it just you – could, you could tell how much it means to these guys um, for him to try to get that first win. So – Real bummer. I hope he's okay, and I hope he's good to go for this weekend because I think the conditions and the confidence for him will give him another opportunity. I, I really believe that. Uh, number six, Ken Roxon, and just kind of a so-so night for him. You know, it's hard to back up that indie performance and all the emotion there, but it wasn't terrible. It wasn't awesome. Uh, I will say, though, in, in qualifying practice, he looked really good, like aggressive. He was busting out rhythm sections early that no one else was. He was really fast in the whoops, and I'm like, man, he may he may be like back-to-back -back wins or at least on the podium or in the fight really is all I was kind of thinking, and he just kind of wasn't. When the main event got going, he wasn't able to go with the very front guys, and uh, again, it wasn't awful. It just wasn't that same level of performance that we saw in India a week prior. Number five, Justin Barsha. Kind of similar. He was really good and then got pushed backwards again. And when he was moving forward earlier, like, oh, boy, like Barsha is here again. And then I don't know what changed. Maybe the track. Maybe he just, you know, tightened up. I don't know. Um, it was really slippery. So maybe he just wasn't able to be as aggressive as he would normally like to be. But he just kind of lost that edge. And then, like, Sexton got away, took off, and then Tomac and Webb got back in front of him. And then he just wasn't able to maintain that elite level that he had been showing us uh, recently. Just want to touch on the sponsors again, Pirelli Tires. Um, check out that consumer rebate. And basically the details are, 
if you buy a set of off-road tires from a Pirelli dealer or online retailer, you can then fill out a, the form that they will provide for you. You send it in and you get a $30 rebate back on that. Let me uh, double check here if it's a set of tires for that. Uh, per set, it is per set. So you'll get a $30 rebate per set of tires. Now, if you bought a set of street tires, you would get a $25 rebate per tire or a $60 rebate per set. So that's a really good deal. Um, it's trying to, you know, everybody, the seasons are changing. They know everybody's going to get out there and go riding and they want you to choose Pirelli tires when you do so. Guts Racing, again, they've really broken into this e-bike market. They have their own seats and seat covers for e-bikes. And that's a huge market, huge segment. And if you know anything about Guts Racing, you know how great their seat covers are for power sports. They are the strongest and most grippy seats out there, seat covers out there. Also do custom graphics, and, and they sponsor the Rockstar Husqvarna team. So check out Guts Racing. Pump Creek Funding, if you are in the market for a refi, maybe you're looking to buy. They're licensed in a ton of states, Texas, Nevada, Florida, uh, where else? I'm trying to think. They're, they're adding new states all the time, California. Uh, so reach out to Zach Morris. His cell number is 720-212-4685. And, and simply ask some questions. Find out how he can help you save a bunch of money on your next house or your current house. Works Connection, they have that brand new 2023 Yamaha, uh, the foot peg mounts that will change the, the rider triangle. So if you're looking for a little bit different feel or you're just a little bit different body positioning, check out those Works Connection foot peg mounts and you can save with the promo code JT23. When you check out also the Pro Launch Start device, they whole shot every damn time, whether it's Hunter, whether it's Sexton, whether it's Tomac, it doesn't matter. They're all using the Pro Launch Start device. Fast Foundry, if you have a small business, you know how challenging things are right now. Fed funds rate is making things very difficult. It's hard to borrow money. Credit is, is super tight if you're trying to borrow. So you want to be as efficient as possible. If you have some sort of corporate event you're trying to coordinate, reach out to Fast Foundry, ask for Robert, and see how they can help you. They are the experts in this field and, uh, yeah, way past my knowledge base of the things that they can help you with. Great group of guys, too, have long supported privateers. I uh, just could not recommend them any more than I am right now. Progo Wash, specially formulated power sports wash. Ryan Humphrey and the team down in Shreveport, Louisiana, came out with this great product. And, yeah, it's for all you moto people, whether you have a side-by-side -side quad, obviously dirt bike, whatever. Use Progo Wash. It's, it's built for the types of dirt and chemicals that you're going to encounter with power sports. International Vet MX Series, I mentioned them earlier. They have their first event coming up in less than two weeks, first event of the year. It's at Sandy Valley, Nevada. And great track. I rode there back in 2008. Um, had a good time. I rode with Mathis there. And just in preparation for the Supercross that weekend, I was obviously not ideal practice practice for Supercross, but gave me a chance to get out on the bike and, and do a few laps and have some fun with my friend Steve. Um, and that's where the first uh, International Vet MX Series of the event event of the year is they'll have live music just a you know it's really geared towards the 30 and up crowd and like-minded people that want to have a great time on the weekend and uh yeah get out there and, and get a bunch of track time and spend a, a great fun weekend at the races you can also go to oldtimersmx.com for more information there tl speed shop you can go to tlspeedshop.com to learn about the awesome side-by-side -side adventures that jason cobb and his team have going on down in arizona Fly into Phoenix. You can, uh, I'm sure there are ways to get you up to Wickenburg where they're located, whether it's they can help you or Uber or rent a car or whatever may have you. But the rest 
will be taken care of. This is what they do. And they will show you a great time. There's a bunch of different destination stops you can make. And the best part is you're out in the wilderness in a side-by-side, -side, but you have all these great resources too. They know it. They know where you're going. They know how to, to operate this. So it's a great time. And best, the best part is you don't have to go out and buy $50,000 side-by-sides. GrantStoneShoes.com. I will be wearing my Grantstone sneakers again this weekend. Just such a great product. That company's gone, come such a long way. And to see where they're going to, uh, it's really exciting. Every time they come out with a new product, I'm just more and more impressed. So go to GrantStoneShoes.com. You can go to Grants. I think it's just at Grantstone on Instagram. But um, man, they're really high quality products. Probably way too nice for me to have on. Um, but thankfully, uh, they've, they've chosen to, to put me in them. So I will continue to, to wear my Grantstones. Last but not least, Fly Racing, thank you to them as always. Uh, Kinetic Mesh 2023.5 is out now. Go check it out. Go to flyracing.com or at flyracingusa on Instagram. Now, the last four, Jason Anderson, he's kind of in a lonely fourth here. Nothing really to write home about. Hasn't been that exciting of a season. I mean, he won his heat. That was good. But the main events are just not going his way. Bad starts, crashes, um, all the things that you can't do if you want to win races. and He's getting closer and closer to not winning a race in 2023 after winning seven races in 2022. So I don't know how to square that. I don't know what to point it to or attribute it to. Um, but yeah, it just has not as been as smooth of sailing as it was last year for the number 21. Number three, Chase Sexton. And I, I think he deserves to be number three. Uh, he, he's surely ahead of the guys behind him. And I think his races over the last month have put him behind guys like Tomac and Webb. So for Sexton, it's a mixed bag of a weekend. You get the win on paper, but you lose seven points to Webb. So, you know, what do you do with that? Obviously he didn't mean to do anything that would cause him to get penalized, but he did jump on a, on a flashing light and there was a red cross in front of it and everyone else saw it. So you can't say, well, yeah, we're, we're going to let you slide. No, it's, it's really black and white. Um, I watched it in slow motion. I watched it in real speed. There's no other way to look at it other than he should have rolled that big double. And all the guys behind him did. Cartwright did in front of him. He almost landed on Cartwright. Um, so, yeah, it's just one of those things where you do the crime, you got to you know, pay the time. And it's it cost him seven valuable points. Now, the silver lining is he won the race. He's going to get a big championship bonus, all those things. Um, and I'm sure it helped his confidence, too. But, man, the points, the points are really valuable this late in the series. And instead of taking – you know, instead of going from 13 to 10, he goes from 13 to 17. And that's on a weekend where you get a W in the column. So that's a really tough pill to swallow um, there. It just depends on perspective, right? Like, how do you want to view it? Number two, Cooper Webb. And well, check that. I need to, I need to go back and change that. Both 1.5 and 1.5 for Tomac and Webb. And I had people writing me saying, you got to move Webb to number one. You got, and I can't disagree, but I think Tomac still deserves to share it. Um, you know, Webb is your red plate points guy. Like he's the points leader. Tomac lost the red plate. Uh, Webb beat Tomac this weekend. That's two weekends in a row he's beaten him. So there's a lot to be said for that. But you're also dealing with the defending champion of this series, and pro motocross last year. And Eli Tomac has won five races in this series to Cooper Webb's two. So there's a lot of push-pull to be had in that argument. So I, I feel good about it's the first time I've ever done it.
but I'm going to give them both uh, equal share of the number one spot. You know, Webb has been great. He's doing what he needs to do. He is, he extended his points lead, you know, marginally, but still extended his points lead. I don't think he's thrilled with how he's riding. Like, I think he felt like he should have beat Sexton this weekend and he's leaving some points on the table here and there, but he has to be happy with the progress of beating Tomac and passing Tomac back. So I'm just thrilled we have such a great series. It's tight. You don't know who's going to win races. You don't know who's going to win the championship. There are storylines everywhere, and that's what makes racing great. You know, predictability is the enemy of good racing and a good series, and we have anything but that. There's a ton of parity. Um, every time the gate drops, you know, I could make a case for a bunch of different people coming away with the win, and that's honestly, that's how I want it. I, I want all the intrigue and all the stories and to be thinking about why this guy's going to get it done and the mental games going on all the time. Um, so yeah, give me more of that. And hopefully we can take that all the way down to the wire. So that's it for this week. Um, I did want to touch on MotoGP a little bit, but I think I'm going to save it for after the first round. I've been watching testing a little bit, but I don't know that I'm fully up to speed yet to speak intelligently on how this is going to go. Um, there's so many unanswered questions, you know, Jack Miller goes to KTM. Is the new Honda going to be better? Is the new Yamaha going to be competitive? Because last year it was a miracle that Fabio was even able to compete. And in the end it was his downfall. He, he just could not match up to the Ducatis. Does Ducati continue to dominate, right? Pecco coming off his first world championship. Does he just pick right back up from where he was last year and run away with this thing? Um, so yeah, there, there's a ton there to unpack and I don't know that I have strong opinions yet. Um, same as formula one. I didn't really know what to think there either. A ton of car modifications in F1. You don't really know until you get to the first round. Now, what we've learned from F1 is it's kind of just more of the same. The good guys are still the good guys and the good cars are still the good cars. But, um, you know, in, in MotoGP, I know these teams have done a ton of work in this offseason to try to close the gap to the Ducatis. And that's going to be a tough ask. You know, I think Marquez is such an alien that he can fill the gap by himself, like just talent wise. But these other guys, I don't know. I don't know if Fabio, without a lot of help, without crashes and, and Pecco getting off to a really rocky start again, I don't know if that Yamaha M1 is improved enough. And, you know, I talked to Fabio earlier this year. He, you know, I was at the Yamaha press event in California when they unveiled that new motorcycle and they talked about all the improvements that they made. But to be fair, Fabio didn't know, you know, he was like, we'll see. I, I hope they made the bike good enough to be competitive, but I truly don't know. Um, and until they get out there in Portimao this weekend and, and it's race conditions and everybody's, you know, they're not holding anything back because there's a lot of gamesmanship guys will lay up a little bit and they don't want to show their cards until you get there and everybody shows exactly what they have, you don't really know. You're, you're going to be guessing a little bit. You're, you're always optimistic and hopeful, but that, that optimism can get shattered really quickly if you come in from the first few time sessions and you're down, you know, half a second or more. So we'll see. Um, I just don't know that I'm, I'm in a place where I'm like, yep, this is what's going to happen. So look for that. I'll do, uh, I'll do a little MotoGP recap. Uh, MXGP, they are in Riola Sardo this coming weekend, which if you don't know where that is, it's on the island of Sardinia, just off the coast of Italy. And I was lucky enough to attend this race two years ago. And that was awesome. What a great time I had. Um, just a, you know, very different culture in Sardinia, even than Italy. You know, they have their own dialect. Um, it's just a, 
it was a really cool um, place to visit. Now, I don't think I would want to live there, nothing against it, but it does feel like they're about 20 years behind the rest of the world or the rest of you. You know, Rome is just across, uh, I don't know, 100 miles maybe across the, the water there. Um, but it feels like they're, they're 20 years behind Rome in some aspects. They're just very isolated, and I think they like it. I think they like that about their society is they still have a lot of older tradition and they're still holding on to some of the past a little bit more than maybe uh, modern day, modern day Italy, especially cities like Rome that are that are really forward thinking are. So good luck to all the MXGP boys. Um, there's a ton there to unpack. I try to talk about that a little bit. So maybe, uh, yeah, maybe I'll have time to get into all those after, you know, what's going to be a huge weekend of racing uh, coming up. So thanks, everybody. Thanks to the sponsors. And we'll talk to you next week. Stay.